Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Jeffskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. How are you doing? Okay. So I guess your name isn't Susan, huh? So what is it? Roberta. Roberta, you say you know me But I see only what you're paying to everyone it's another of your favorite podcast billy joel a to z as we begin our journey from the list of not just billy joel songs that begin with the letter r but r rated songs as in the hot prostitute with the 1930s name called roberta see what i did there <laughs> wow roberta is the fifth and final song on side one of Billy Joel's third studio album entitled Street Life Serenade, which was released on October 11th, 1974. Let's just go right to the rankings, as I don't think there's much more to say in that sense of uh, didn't wasn't released or anything. And since Dave Juskow's never heard this song before, we'll just continue, shall we? <laughs> You're telling me this was not like a top five song on the charts? Apparently not. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Uh, Christopher Bananos and his rankings in 2015 ranked 121 Billy Joel songs. What do you think? Where do you put this one? Alan Altman. I think this song is awesome and I feel like he likes it, but I get the feeling that Bananos is going to have some kind of snarky comment about the fact that it's about a prostitute and that'll make him put it a little bit lower. I'm going to say 31. Sure. <laughs> You're so way off. And the reason why I didn't mind telling anybody I never heard this song before is because I'll tell you why in a second, but 85. But you are correct on his, you know, uh, what he thinks about it. L Lonely guy wants to save a stripper who won't talk to him. Surely that scene could have produced a song more interesting than this. So he's down on it. But Glenn Gamboa, he ranked 124 Billy Joe songs. And this one, after the past three weeks, of where we have the number one, three, and four song. This song is at 123. These guys are wrong. This is a good song. I don't understand these guys. This is one where I think I have the most disconnect. Yes, but uh, it is. Wait, the disconnect in what sense? Like, I think it's a really, really good song. And both of them seem to not like it at all. Yeah, no, they don't like it at all. And maybe they just, I think everybody has a problem with the album and it as a whole of Street Life, Street Life Serenade, apparently. The fans rank it at 105 out of 121. But yeah, I mean, it's so weird. We're Glenn Gamboa with the last three weeks, the number one song, the three song, the four song. And then, wow, what a what a turn of events. The next to last song 
I mean, it's just so weird the way the alphabet's working for us. I have not heard the song. I heard it now. I love it too. I think it's Good. beautiful. I think it's amazing. But I will tell you this. I think that live version from the Great American Music Hall is 10 times better than the studio version. That's a great live version. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's better because what I don't like about the live version is that one lyric that he changes. Did you notice that? No. Where he says, I know you're working, but you must get horny. Oh, my too. God. Th wait a minute. Think. Uh, wait. OK, so he did say that. OK, I thought. I thought I heard horny and then I looked up the lyrics and I clear I wrote it down and it clearly said lonely. And I'm like, oh, my God, listen to me. I thought he said horny. Oh, so he did. I wasn't crazy. Yeah, the rest of it is a great performance. He sounds great. I think it's as good as the studio version, but saying horny there just sounds really. I agree 100 percent. And that's why I was getting so confused. Oh, I'm so glad you cleared that up for me. Oh, my God. But I think the live version is so much better and so much better when it gets to more of the, I don't want to say rockin' part, but, you know, it starts off where you don't think it's going to go to where it kind of hits a groove. And it so does. And it's so Billy Joel to do that and take a song where you think it's just going to be, oh, here we go, the piano and the sadness and this and that. And then it just, you know, he gets to that area where he just, Billy Joel's the best. <laughs> He's just the best. And I and that's why I said the I thought the live version was I think if they had if, I think if he had put the live version out on the to, uh, toys in the attic uh, songs in the attic I, I think this could have been popular. Well, you know, he actually recorded this or sort of four songs in the attic because one of the few live performances of the song was at Toad's Place in 1980. Oh, is that right? Yeah, which is one of the concerts that he recorded for that album where the version of Los Angelinos that's on Songs in the Attic is from that concert. So this song, he technically played it. You could hear it on YouTube. There's a bootleg version from the audience. But he's basically just saying to the crowd, I could play this or I could play that. And he plays literally just the first line, just Roberta, you say you know me. And then he goes on to another song. So that is so little of it. But it almost made it. Oh, that's so. So he does like this song. And so he, it was considered, perhaps, but that's. Very interesting. Also, I noticed that a 2015 Q&A, it seemed, and this is the amazing thing about Billy Joel. All right. So it's 2015 and wherever it is, a college or wherever he's doing it. I don't think it was a college. It was for the New Yorker. Oh, OK. Because I was going to say it couldn't be at a college because that is when he clearly, even though he's revealed it multiple times, when we all thought it was about a stripper, he makes it very clear it's about a prostitute. <laughs> not a stripper yeah. a prostitute uh and then i was like why would he say that at a college or a high school so uh thank you for clearing that up uh but at that event and again this is the funny thing about billy joel it's 2015 it's from a bad album or you know just a lesser known album i could have sworn i heard people singing along well i mean there was a person who asked to hear it so maybe that person and maybe some other people who are diehard fans know it and i think if you're a big fan you could sing along to it. It's not the hardest song to remember. No, I, I understand. I'm just saying it's fascinating that if, if indeed that's what I was hearing, that I thought I heard people singing along. It's just in our Billy Joel A to Z universe where everybody knows this song. You know what I'm saying? Do you have uh, 500 people in an audience of this thing? Three people are going to know Roberta. 
you know, but it did that. And that's what it sounded like was singing. But it is fascinating. I would never know the lyrics to this song. I don't think anybody, if he played it at MSG, would, you know, there'd be 12 people there. Yeah, well, Billy might not have known it either. He had to look through his laminated songbook to find it. That's because he's always high. But he, I thought he, it seemed like he enjoyed playing it, although he was making fun of how it's about, you know, how it's not very subtle. But it's obviously about a prostitute. But I was kind of hoping that after that, he would have said, hey, this is a good song. Let me revisit it at some of the live shows. But he's only ever played it six times and not since 1980. He's only played it six times and not, wow. That we know of. I'm sure there was a couple more shows in there in 75, 74. No, but that's that's amazing. Only six times. You know, it's what I was discovering in this this album. So this album we've decided is about his time in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So <laughs> even though he's the best and everything he d- does is right, isn't there a part of you when you hear a song like this, you know, whether it is about a prostitute or whatever, like that maybe he should have gone somewhere else to uh, France or London. I know we went to France and all that kind of stuff, but but he should have gone and had some more experiences besides Long Island, <laughs> because I think we would have gotten some a broader sense of the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like this album only gives us stuff we never different things, whereas clearly every other album is about Long Island or New York or food. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, where's his album from Norway? Like, you know, well, I'm just it's like he, his time spent clearly in a place where he was unhappy is good for us. When a musician's unhappy, sometimes it's good. But on the flip side of that, you can say that Billy Joe writes the best songs when he's happy and satisfied where he's living. So it's a tough it's a two sided coin. Yeah, because obviously this was maybe his least successful. I mean, no one expected Cold Spring Harbor to be successful. So take that out of the equation. Right. And Piano Man was a good success. And then this album bombed. And then obviously Turnstiles did as well. It was I like it a lot, but it, you could get a sense that maybe he got too into this mode that he had at the time of like, this has to be about Los Angeles and have this like spaghetti Western feel all throughout it. Because every song has got a little bit of this like country Western thing to it. Like the instrumental break in this song kind of doesn't really fit with the rest of the song. Do you feel that way? I don't know. I I did hear the uh, what are those things called? Those Calypso things uh, that, you know, yeah, those little hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of like that part of it, but it was for me, it didn't fit the song. Like you're saying, I think. But if you heard the whole album, you would totally get like this belongs on this album because every song in the album sort of has elements like that throughout it. Hmm. But when the song stands alone, you get to that part and you're like, why is this instrumental this way? It should be a different instrumentation. Is this the album with the ballad of Billy the Kid? No, that's on Piano Man. But this album was kind of an extension of that, of that, that Western feel. I don't you know. I'll never, you know, I'm not a Western guy. I really can't stand Westerns. And I don't understand musicians feel for it. I'll never forget when Bon Jovi, you know, said, I want to make a solo album. I just want to do cowboy songs like, you know, like want the dead or alive. He's like, yeah, I want to do more of those kind of songs. And I remember just laughing and being like, what an asshole. And then that one song he did for that young guns became completely successful 
uh, at a blaze of glory, I believe it was called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then I look like a fool, but I still hate those kind of songs. But it seems like a lot of musicians seem, especially the ones from Jersey and Long Island, seem to like to pretend that they live somewhere else when all they both do is talk about New Jersey or Long Island. <laughs> That's why the song is about a prostitute. That's Long Island culture. He got to L.A. He finally met a prostitute. He was like, oh, it makes me feel like home. Oh, that's interesting. That's true. (laughs) That's probably something. And what is he doing with this prostitute? And wasn't he married at the time? Well, yeah, that's the thing. Okay, so he's either in a relationship with Elizabeth or they had already been married. We're not sure exactly when he met this person, but it was when he was out in L.A. And he said he was obsessed with her and in love with her and wanted her to leave the hooker profession. So what was going on? Was there a break between him and Elizabeth or was this just a sign that their relationship wasn't very strong. I don't know. It is funny. It, see, it's a good song in a way because I don't think there's any guy that's tried to help or, you know, whether it's a stripper or a prostitute, they've been like, you know, you could do something else. You're very bright. Um, when every movie uh, has that scene and they're like, you, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you're not my father or something like that. Cause you, you always want to help. You think they, you think you can sometimes, I'm assuming all of us have been in that position. I know I have. Uh, well, but <laughs> I haven't, but I've seen movies like that. Uh, you know, Pretty Woman is kind of that, you know, she was a hooker. Sure, and there you sense. go. Exactly. And by the way, this song is Roberta about being in love with a hooker. And that movie stars Julia Roberts, almost the <gasps> same name. What? Ooh, you just blew my mind. Unbelievable, man. Is that why she got cast? The only name I know about Roberta, is, which is such an old name, is in... Desperately seeking Susan in 1985. Uh, what's what's her name? Arquette, uh, Roseanne Arquette, ironically, who has a song named after her, Rosanna. Rosanna plays the character of Robert Roberta in Desperately Seeking Susan. And I remember even in 1985 thinking, like, that's an odd name. Yeah, I don't like these kind of women's names where it just sounds like the guy's name. They stuck an A on the end of it. Right, like Rhoda. No, I'm making fun of my mother. But uh, <laughs> there's no guy named Rhoda. So no. <laughs> no, but yeah, Robert. Right, Robert is a, a stupid name. As what? What's the uh, Davida? I've met a couple Davidas for real. <laughs> like, what the hell's that? Yeah, it's just something's wrong. About you know, it. your parents wanted a boy. Now you just look stupid. That's why she became a stripper. I know my parents wanted a boy. And when we say stripper, we're being polite because it's a prostitute. That's right. There's a big difference. Kind of. Yeah. The, the difference is the prostitute is upfront about what she does and the stripper doesn't tell you about it, but then later does it with you. Exactly. You got it. You know, uh, one more thing about this song is in our Q, Q&A, Q&A anniversary, whatever we call that show, Paul Lauren mentioned that Roxanne is a very similar song in terms of theme. Right. Because also with an Sting R. is trying to save this uh prostitute you know. yep you're absolutely right yeah i told you it's a it's a thing in a guy's life you just probably shouldn't write a song about it because you're going to feel foolish about it later and a sting can't stand playing roxanne he's embarrassed about what it's about and obviously billy joel is as well <laughs> it really it is true i think if billy joel's if the song was not about this i think he would have sang it more in concert but I think he does feel a little sheepish about what it is. That's a good point, too. Right. Because he's not going to go to MS. Well, I mean, he could go to MSG and say that. But now he knows there's like kids in the audience, his kids. Della Rose comes to the concert. I mean, it's Billy Joel. It's not uh, Metallica. You know, I mean, you got to take a, a, a little what do you call it? A responsibility. 
for the having a family kind of function. Yeah, That's what Billy so, Joel is. He's a he's a it's more for G rated. It's like a Jim Gaffigan audience. I don't know. It's not it's not like a vulgar song. There's lines that allude to stuff that obviously we know what they're about, but it's not vulgar. I think the thing is he should love to play this song because he likes doing comedy during his shows and he can make jokes about it like he did at that New Yorker thing. And I think he would enjoy the bits that he could do before and after it. I'm not saying it's a vulgar song. I was not saying I was saying that it's not a vulgar song, but I'm saying if he like like you just said, he likes to talk about it. And he likes to discuss it and he likes to say beforehand the songs about a prostitute. And that could be, I don't know, it could put people off. In he could say, age, he could say lady of the night. You know how it is nowadays. It's just, you know, why even why take the chance? Yeah. I, now I got something for you. Alon's going to blow your mind. Okay. It's going to make you angry and it's going to make all of our listeners angry. Maybe go for it. Okay. There's a part in the song that blends into another song and I don't want to. Now, you might want to just turn the podcast off now if you don't want to be like, damn you, just go, because um, this came to me immediately. It's not a ripoff of another song. It's a ripoff of another Billy Joel song, so it's completely acceptable. It's just probably going to bother you from now on because now you're going to think about this song when you hear it. And I've put together the mashup. Are I'm you ready? I'm excited to hear it, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to play it for you now. All right, are you sitting down? Have you had enough to eat? Yes. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. This is what I heard in this one section of Roberta. I know you need to move in other circles too. Cause so many things getting out of control. Should uh, it goes good, yeah. Right? All about Roberta. Let me hit it again. I, that to me it goes. Well, it goes. goes to... da, 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 da. Yeah. Then, then right where it goes to that little. Dun, da, 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 da. Then it to me it just it was like oh my god that's that all about soul section right there. It's all about hoes. <laughs> Is that what you were waiting for? You were putting it through your mind, and you because I was like, wait, did did, did the recording cut off? <laughs> I, was, I knew you had to press record again on your thing. I wanted to make sure we caught the oh. <laughs> it's all about hose. It's all about trying to save a hooker. <laughs> it's all about hose. La, la, la. Can you say all about hose and then still have la, la, la's? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it doesn't seem right. Still works. So you uh, can see it. You don't have to agree with it, but you see where I as yeah. soon as I heard it, remember, I just heard the song for the first time two Five days ago. ago. Yeah, right. And uh, that's what I heard. I'm like, wait, nobody else has picked up on this. It's just me. I figure a guy like Paul Lawrence must have heard it or maybe. I think once you hear it and it's like, yeah, that goes well. Maybe the tempo is the same or the. Well, the, the tempo is different. Right. We noticed, you know, you can see it goes different, close enough but... that it blends nicely. Yeah, I think I did a pretty good job with the mashup, but uh, eh, it is what it I is. liked it. Yeah. So we've done four different songs now that Billy Joel has written with a single name in the title. We've done uh, Christy Lee, James, Laura, and Roberta. There's one more, Rosalinda, that we'll do in a couple, like next week, I guess. How would you rank the ones we've done so far? All right, so wait, tell me it again. Okay, so we've done Christy Lee, Laura, James, Roberta. All right, James is on, well, 
I like this. James on top. This is second. Christy Lee's last. Uh, Laura's third. Yeah, that's the ranking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very similar. I like James first. And then for me, Laura, I think, is a little bit above Roberta, but they're oh. really close. I like them both so much. And then Christy Lee far below, because I think those three are both are all really, really great songs. Yeah, it's, for me, I never really want to listen to Laura ever again. So I don't hate it. I just don't really like it. I like and how Beatlesy it is. Yeah, that part, but it takes a while to get there. So uh, for me, I don't know. So I, it's not for me. So I could have put that last, but that Christy Lee song is so bad for so many reasons that that would always be last. Yeah. But, you know, this song, Roberta and James are similar. Like they're similar kind of ballads, wistful sort of songs. That's true. It's just a different keyboard. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper for me? I got something interesting, Alon. So you don't think the live version is better. I think the live version of this song is better than the studio version. And when I was thinking about that, there is a band that's made its career from one live song that's so much better than the original. People refuse to even listen or even know that there was a studio version of this song. This song, there's a little hint coming. The song put this band on the map and it was recorded in Budokan, Japan. Becoming acclaimed as one of the greatest live rock albums of all time. What band is this, Alon? Well, I'll tell you this. I knew it before you gave me the hint. It is Cheap Trick, and it's I Want You to Want Me. That is correct. A great example of a studio song that went nowhere. And really, quite frankly, different than Roberta. Roberta is not a horrible studio song. But that live song, the, the version of the live out, it's just, it's, it's just incredible. You, you can't even listen when you hear when somebody plays the student like on a jukebox. You're like jukebox. How old am I? Uh, <laughs> you're like, what the hell is this? It's so depressing and bad. But that live song is great. So listen to this. I found some comparisons with Cheap Trick and Billy Joel as I was, you know, just uh, even though I, obviously I knew the, the thing, but I was looking up some more stuff in 2020. The album uh, live in Budokan Cheap Trick was selected by the Library of Congress for the preservation of the United States National Recording Registry, just like Piano Man. Oh, very nice. So there's one thing. Also, this has nothing to do with Billy Joel. One of the critics stated that this album, Cheap Trick, unwittingly paved the way for much of the hard rock of the next decade, as well as surprising amount of alternative rock in the 90s. They think it's that substantial that uh, particular album. Now, here's where the Billy Joel thing is interesting. Cheap Trick worships the Beatles as well. They have done, they've covered 37 Beatles songs over their career, and Billy Joel's only covered 26. What? <laughs> wow. What a weird he thinks, factoid. He thinks he's so cool. <laughs> he thinks yeah, he's a big Beatles the repertoire, fan. Billy. And they have played Beatles covers in concert 739 times, and Billy Joel's only played 134 times. Unfortunately, we have to when we have Billy Joel on the show, we have to be like, you know, I know you think you know the Beatles pretty well. Um, uh, we don't want to be like that, but the thing is, but uh, so wait, you ready for this? This yeah. is the funniest thing of all. I don't know whether it's this year or this July or last July, but Cheap Trick is playing in Wisconsin 
at this place called Gathering on the Green. You know, I guess in Wisconsin, you could play outdoors in the summer with get ready special guests. 52nd Street, the music of Billy Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Got to go to that show. I know. How are we not at that show? Road trip. (laughs) When I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God. There is the trivia question. (laughs) It's the stupidest thing ever. Meanwhile, I'm like really totally into this live version of Roberta. Thank you. Yeah, I can see putting that on the uh, I can see putting that on the the list, possibly. You could because that's from an official release. So I think that is on Spotify, right? Yeah, I believe that was vinyl only. Oh, right. That was that new vinyl they just put out. Yeah, right. I don't know. Mm. Do you have a trivia question for me, Alan Altman? Yeah, I do. So we were talking before about how you don't know too many people named Roberta. It's not a very popular name. But the most famous person named Roberta is a singer songwriter who actually doesn't go by her name, Roberta. She's known by a different name. But she is the person who wrote the songs Woodstock, which was very popular for CSNY and Big Yellow Taxi, which I think we talked about recently. Who is this singer songwriter? Joni Mitchell. That's correct. But her name is Roberta. Yeah. Roberta is her first name. She changed her first name. Her name is Roberta Joan Mitchell. She didn't change it, but she just goes by Joni as a nickname for her middle name. Oh, like Jeff Ross. Um, you know who changed their first name, which didn't make any sense? That girl who was on the love boat uh, who played, you know, of uh, Lauren. We almost Tweet. made a whole episode without a love boat reference. Yeah, no, without I a 70s TV reference. Yes, I, I couldn't help it. Lauren Tweez or Twos, Julie, the cruise director on the love boat, changed for some reason, changed her first name instead of that ridiculous last name. I always was curious why. But now what you just said about Roberta Joan that makes sense at least. Uh, but still, why not just call yourself Roberta Mitchell? What's the big, like, why? Maybe people would think she was Robert A. Mitchell. And they'd be like, oh, some guy's going to be playing guitar for us later tonight. Maybe they thought she was Robert Mitchum. Yeah. And then it's a whole other thing. They want to hear some <laughs> cool Western music. <laughs> right. You are. Alon, I mean, if you have a parody for this, then you are the man because I. Nobody has a parody. I mean, this is hilarious. A parody for the song Roberta. If when we first started and we weren't sure how the format was going to be, it, we, it was funny when you were like, I'll do a parody on every song. And I'm like, really? Even for Roberta? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got one. And uh, this one, I'm not going to tell you the title, but you'll hear it in the first word. So it doesn't matter. Is it Roberta? Yeah. it's. A, it, I'm just going to sing Roberta, actually. Is it about Roberta Flack? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to sing Killing You Softly. <laughs> killing me, killing you. Okay. Chewbacca, <laughs> you are a Wookiee. You're eight feet tall, naked uh, and real hairy. <laughs> oh, I wish you had on pants. Da-na-na-na-na. Oh, I wish you had on pants. Oh, Chewbacca, I can't understand you. When you try talking, I feel like I'm at the zoo. (laughs) It's tough for me. It's tough for you. And I see all your fur and I want to make coats from you. Ooh, ooh, 
I can't do it. Hey now, you weirdo. First of all, great idea of doing a great Chewbacca voice at the end. Well, first of all, who can't understand him? It seems like everybody understands him. People pick up Wookiee really fast, right? It's there's like nobody that doesn't seem to understand Wookiee in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> but it's like a, he's like a smart dog. Because like when you see a dog, you're like, what is it, boy? Do you want me to go get your food bowl? And then he's like, yeah, I guess that's how so, they talk yeah. to him. Laugh it up, fuzz, fuzzball. Oh, I was going to say fuzz face. Fuzzball. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. Hey, that was a pretty good one. And, that, and it was a good way to do it because I laughed right away. Yeah. <laughs> Chewbacca, you are a Wookiee. It's all about soul, la la la. It's all about Wookiees and their place on the planet. Chewbacca's got soul, <laughs> la la la. <laughs> Well, folks, that was Roberta. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you think the live version is better than the studio version? Does the word horny ruin the live version for you? Did you know this song was about a prostitute? And can you think of any other songs like I Want You to Want Me where the live version is clearly better than the studio one? Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Roberta, I really need you. But I suppose my small change won't. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.